Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, it's tuning in through our online affiliates around the world. We appreciate you all being with us as well. I have a true honor today. I'm excited to welcome celebrated radio personality and now author Mark Thompson to our program. He's been able to make a career in radio and impacting lives literally around the world. His new book is called Don't Bump the Record, Kid, My Adventures with Mark and Brian. And when it's also Mark, not only about the writing of the book, but also the reflection on his career, what it's been like for him to share these stories with all of you, but also the lessons learned along the way. Mark, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Thank you, Cyrus. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Well, Mark, this book was really interesting. I have to say, I mean, it, I think a lot of times when people hear, like, your name, they think they know you because of, of course, life on radio. But what I think is so interesting about this book is I think there's so much in here that we did not know about you and did not know about your career and the impact your career had on you. What was it like for you to kind of go back through these different chapters of your life, Mark, and then to be able to share it this way? Well, you know, you say that uh, there were things about me that people didn't know, and, and that's true. And I think that that would be true for any human being that's walking on the earth. There's just things about them that we don't know. And when, <clears throat> when I made the decision that I was going to write this book, I decided that I was going to be completely honest without being rude. Um, you know, there are things that happen with, with people that we work with, with, with things that, that frankly are just uh, business that doesn't need to be discussed with other people other than who was in the room at the time. But at the same time, I didn't want to paint a picture that my life and my career, even though celebrated and very successful, um, I wanted to be honest about the fact that we're all human beings and while, yes, um, I enjoyed the, the fruits of success, that like everybody else, I'm a human being. I live in this world, and there are great things and awful things that happen to all of us. Right. And what I found in my life is that there are going to be good things and bad things that happen to you, but if you if you crawl into a ball and turn the lights out and you give up, then you lose. And just like with the good things, you're judged by how you deal with both the good and the bad. Because trust me, they're coming your way. That's just the way it is. And I have found that when, you know, it's not hard to celebrate and enjoy the good parts. But when bad comes, when you're challenged, I find it best to confront it immediately, immediately and, and do the things that need to be done to get you past it and then get on to the next thing. Yeah. When you were talking just now, Mark, I couldn't help but think about what you had to say about your father in the book and the, yeah. the conversations there, the lessons there, but also – how the the loss of him, how it impacted you, and how one of the things you said even at the end of that particular chapter was 
the importance of keep moving. So I want to ask you about that in relation to humility, because that comes through in a big way in this book. And and I think it's so interesting you say in one part of the book, Mark, about one of the comments that you make is that you, you're you're with the celebrities, you know, but you're you're radio. You made that distinction with yourself, and and when it comes to your audience, letting them know that you're just like them. Where does that come from? Because you know we live in a world now, Mark, where that is not always the way things are seen. So where did that come from from you to be able to be grounded that way in who you are, but also the connection to your audience? Well. Again, a multi-layered question, but I'll try to hit as many beats as I could. I, I think that my humility and my, my level of being grounded came from my mother. Uh, my mother was a wonderful human being, and by that I mean she was not educated. She didn't burn with desire to achieve anything. But she lived her life, she was a, a, a very big church woman, a Christian woman, and she lived her life in that way. And while the path of, of being religious uh, never really kind of rang my bell, I was enamored with her goodness and who she was. She was a realist, and she single-handedly, made sure that I had a great childhood because she embraced two things other than Christianity. She embraced the fact that she was a wife and a mother, and she did both of those jobs incredibly well. Through great turmoil, she faced difficulties that most of us could never dream. And, you know, I say it in the book, I was, I feel guilty that I wasn't there for her, but I was simply too young. I didn't, I didn't understand. And so to this day, um, I live my life in a way that would please my mother. If I'm challenged with an answer to should I do this or not, I literally will ask, how would, how would mother feel? Would this make her happy? Would she be proud? Or would she be disappointed? And that answers my question. Um, and so for me, I saw fame in, in much that same way. I saw it for what it was. It's, and, you, you know, look, I say it in the book, teenagers, which is kind of where my fame began, they, they, they need someone to cheer for. Uh, and, and I knew that when I was in the very beginning of that, that I was just a faceless body in that world of fame. And I knew it for what it was. Fame feels great in the minute, but it's, it's not tangible. It's not realistic. It's not something that you can hang your hat on. Pride is, in my opinion. And I, I am very proud of the way that I conducted myself. Um, fame is fickle. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. And I feel bad for people that are in the world of show business, and they need it. They need fame. They need the attention. And I feel bad because I, I know where that's going. Um, as, as far as my career, I can credit my father, even though he and I did not see eye to eye on very many things. I can credit him for my work ethic. 
he taught me very early that if you're going to make anything of yourself, you're the one that does it. You have to work hard all day, every day. Or, and if you don't, you're just like everybody else. But if you have something in mind that you want to become, you can do it, but you have to do it. Don't wait for it to come to you. You go to it. And, you know, you, you talked early about that relationship. My father was somebody that I looked up to greatly and somebody that I needed his approval, but I never got it because I quite simply was not the son he was looking for. He wanted a mini-me. He wanted me to be like him. My father was a very successful bank president, and he wanted the same for me, college education, wear a suit, sit behind a desk. And even though I was very young, 8, 9, 10, I already knew that wasn't for me. That's not what I want. And the thing that angered me, uh, and to a degree I still can't understand his point, is that he had the freedom to become what he wanted to become. Why, why don't I get that, that same freedom? And I right. think the answer out of, out of some reflection is that I just don't think he thought much of my chances, quite frankly. Um, I was always an adventurous kid looking for the next thing, not really focused. And I think he thought he needed to father me into a career that he trusted. But I shunned that. And even though I became extremely successful in my career while he was alive, he never once said, um, hey, congratulations. Hey, I'm proud of you. Uh, because for a controlling personality to say those things means that he was wrong. And controlling people, can't, they can't accept that, I don't think. And I think that is a powerful thing. And I think there, the other thing that comes across in this bookmark is your ability to know yourself. You talk about the routine that you kind of developed for three decades and, and, and what that was like for you. And, and, and how, for one, I think people, when they're reading that, they will think that says a lot about your determination, but also about the connection you had to not just the job, but the passion you got from it. What kept it fun for you? Because there were a lot of experiences that you share in the book uh, that people, I'm sure, will say, wow, you know, that's, you know, they, again, not expecting, right, different places you found yourself in, not just with the people you met. What is it that if you had to nail it down for yourself, what kept it fun? Well, it would really boil down to a moment that I had when I was in Knoxville, when I was uh, 16, all I wanted to be was a disc jockey. I want to be on the radio. Nothing has ever burned within me as that desire did. And obviously I made it at a young age. I was 16. I worked uh, at being the very best disc jockey that I could. And being a disc jockey, just like anything in life, you follow a format. You follow the clock and you read the card and play the record. Then you come out, you read the card, you hit the commercial. And I became very good at it. Uh, the problem was that I was completely bored. Um, this wasn't the excitement that I had hoped that it would be, or many of you have had this experience. In fact, all of you had. You're looking forward to something, and then you get there, and it's not what you thought. And so – I was about 22 at the time, and I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, working, and I had become a music director. I thought that's where my career was headed, but I still was doing an air shift 
only because I had to. I was done with it. And we had a program director. His name was Bob Kagan. Bob was a master at teaching his jocks how to be great personalities. And what's funny is that Bob himself was the most boring person I've ever been around. He had nothing to say. A nightmare for him was a social gathering because he just had nothing to say. And he couldn't do it on the air, but he could teach it. And so one day I was doing, it was a Saturday, it was a, a, a weekend shift. I was doing my weekend shift, and this is 1979, so the big movie was Superman. And I did something that I wouldn't normally do because I didn't think it fit into the, into the disc jockey thing. But I came out of the record, and I said, 62 WRJZ, this is Mark Thompson, so I know that most of you are coming home from Superman or you're driving to it. And so now, on this squeaky chair that I'm sitting in, I'm going to perform for you, Superman, the entire soundtrack. Here we go. I squeaked around on the chair for 10 seconds, and I hit the commercial. Within a minute, the control room door opened, and it was Bob Kagan, and he was staring at me. And, of course, I'm thinking, what have I done? And Bob said this sentence. He said, from now on, Whenever you open the mic, I want something as entertaining and as creative as that was. And I, pro- I processed, as I was driving home, I processed what he had said. And what Bob was really telling me was to be myself. Because, see, that thing that I did, that would be something I would do for my friends. It's not something I would ever do on the air, yet I did it. And, and that's what he was telling me. And that changed everything it changed the way i looked at radio it changed my life because from then on whenever i had a shift that i was preparing for i made a rule if i think it's funny if i think it's interesting then i'm doing it and if i do it on the air and you don't like it you're going to go away and i don't care because you're not somebody who's going to enjoy me. But if you liked what I did, you're going to come back. And this is basically the beginning level of building a fan base. That, that instilled it, because you can't, um, I can't explain how much fun it was every single day for me. Because what I was doing was I was putting on a radio show that I would want to hear if I were in the car. And I couldn't wait to get to work. But the, the, the greatest four hours of every day was the four hours I spent on the radio because I was being myself. And the one thing that I can tell you, it doesn't matter that you're not on the radio. In life, it is as important to be who you are at every turn. Right or wrong, you trust your gut and you go with it. Such an important thing, and it has definitely worked for you. Is that one of the big lessons for you then, Mark, as you're talking with people, especially as now you're, you're in, in now talking about this book, you know, sharing these stories, and Don't Bump the Record Kid. Is that one of the big things that you hope, especially because it seems like you really took in the fact your audience, even when you were not on the air, there are accounts that you share in the book about that, of having that connection with them. Is that one of the connections you hope that they're able to have from you, is the importance of embracing being who you are? I think without question. And 
that that is a twofold answer. I'll, I'll talk about the listeners first. Um, yes, when I was on the air, I would share stories of things from my private life, things that I thought were funny. And I don't want to get into the fact that it was systematic, but uh, many of the years that I was on the air, I worked for classic rock radio stations. And the classic rock listener is, by definition, men between the ages of 25 and 54. And so I wanted to build a target listener in my mind. And so I went in the middle of that demographic. My target listener was 40. He's a guy. He's probably married. He's probably got a couple of kids, and he's fighting to get by to make a living. So when I told a story, I told it to him, to that target listener, because he's just like me. And if I had a story of something that I actually did in my life where I I screwed up with my kids – and I was trying to hide it from my wife because I'm terrified of her, that story is going on the air. And it was because I shared these private moments from my life, it showed the audience that I'm just like them. I'm a real person uh, who screws up just like they do. And so people related to me. And so when I met people at an appearance, they would tell me whatever story that, that I had shared and crack up, and they felt like we were best buddies, even though I, I never met them. And what that taught me in my personal life was reflected in the way that I raised my children. I, I exposed all of my kids. I have a, a son and two daughters. I exposed them to anything that they wanted to try dance class, drum lessons, karate lessons, baseball, whatever. I exposed them to everything. And then I started telling them, I want you to pick the ones that you really, really like, and we're going to focus on those. The other ones that you're tolerating, let's get rid of those. And the lesson continued as they were getting into high school because I told them, there are two things that you will do because I'll make sure there are two things in your life that will make you happy and make you successful. The most important thing is number one, pick something for a career that you absolutely adore, that you love, that you would rather do that than anything. Because if you choose correctly, number two is easy because number two is work your butt off. But if, you, if you've chosen correctly on number one, you never work a day in your life, and it's true. If you wake up every day and you're excited to go to work, to go do what you absolutely adore, I guarantee you will be successful because you love it to your core. Such a great point, and I think it's something a lot of people can relate to, Mark. Again, everyone, Mark Thompson has been our guest, celebrated radio personality, and the author of the book, Don't Bump the Record Kid, My Adventures with Mark and Brian. The book's available through our friends at Amazon.com. Of course, you can always go to your favorite local bookstore if they don't have it. I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. Mark, really enjoyed this chat with you. How can our audience stay connected with you? 
Uh, well, you can go to my website, which uh, we are selling all versions of the book. The hard, no, the hardcover sold out. We have the soft cover. We're selling a ton of the audio book because I read it to you and the ebook. That website is myadventureswithmarkandbrian.com. And I will promise you this, and Cyrus can tell you because he read it. Um, I told everybody helping me, I said, look, we have a lot of plans. Uh, and this is a small book for a small group of people, but that does not give us license to do a bad job. I worked as hard on that book as I've worked on anything in my life, and I do think that you will enjoy the read and find something from it. Yeah, I totally agree. A lot of great lessons there, Mark. Mark, really, this was a pleasure. So glad we had a chance to chat and looking forward to speaking with you again. Cyrus, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Glad to do it. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.